Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. It's Monday. That means it's time for another BVP. Presented by who? none other than Danco Transmissions. Brought to you, of course, on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Brent Young. Two guys I'm with every week. Great guys. Good pals. Hard workers. Chad Bredel and Aaron Smith. Aaron! Chad! Gentlemen, how are we? Aaron's muted, so he can't tell you. Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, lots of yard work today, so. Yard work. Get it together, Smith. I'm working on it. <laughs> you can I'm open good. up your urban artifact early. Chad, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Had a pretty chill weekend, hanging out with the fam, so uh, refreshed and, uh, and ready to go. There we go. And, of course, I already mentioned it, Danco Transmission. You hear a little car in the background. We're going to feature that for the first half of the day episode today because it's just, you know, we want to rev the engines, get you all ready for, you know, 8,500 month, you know, Danco Transmission. Head there, get $10 off an oil change. Are we still doing it? Oh, that was a one-week-only 2% off thing, so we're going to cancel that. But no, wait, there's a uh, special person that's, who, that's behind the revving of the engine, behind the zooming of the car. This guy is a legend. Some people call him the best-kept secret in all of college football. Well, if you listen to the BVP, you know he's no secret. One heck of a podcast side guy. One heck of a strength conditioning coach. And even the best of all, phenomenal person. Brady Collins, BC, how are we? Doing good, boys. It's always fun to to, uh, come aboard and enjoy that great welcome. But uh, doing good. Sorry about the noise. In the background, I'm on my way to uh, pick up the daughter from gymnastics. Today is her sixth birthday, so it's oh. been a great day. Wow. Nice. Sixth birthday. What's on the docket, then, after you pick her up? Uh, well, we kind of had the celebration earlier, and uh, my wife said she was up at, like, 3 a.m., like, jumping in the room, like, can I open <laughs> presents now? And... Uh, but it was good. We, you know, did the presents. She baked a cake. Uh, her, my son, and my uh, wife did. So we had that for a little bit. And then, you know, she was at gym and go pick her up. And I'm sure we'll maybe have some more cake. Oh, what kind of cake? Got to ask. It was uh, like a just a typical white, you know, cake with um, vanilla frosting and then the kids put M&Ms and gummy worms and some other stuff on top. It was, oh, it was cool. Baby. Right up my alley. Well, <laughs> speaking of uh, celebration, uh, you know, this one didn't really come with a cake. It came with a little bit of sauce. You just came back uh, two busy weeks, back to back, really busy weekends for you, Brady. You've got to fill us in a little bit. You, you've got to tell us, first off and foremost, the NFL draft. You were there on site in Las Vegas, the uh, one of the best cities in the world, I'll tell you what. You got to break it down for us. Sauce Gardner, fourth overall selection. Man, a long time coming, an absolute great player, but nine overall drafted Bearcats. A phenomenal weekend for Cincinnati, for the program, for the city, all the above. Just tell me, what, what was it like being in Vegas with Sauce, with Coach Fickle, with, with everyone just taking all that in? Oh, I mean, you know, it, it was awesome. It was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I'll take it back a year ago at the draft. You know, it was up in Cleveland. Yep. And, uh, 
my brother and I, we took my dad up there because, uh, you know, like, as, as we all know, grew up a Browns fan. You grow up rooting for your dad's team. And, you know, my dad's all into everything, football and NFL and all that stuff. So we're up there and it was really cool because, uh, you know, we we're there for one night and then the next day we go and I got to see James Hudson drafted while we were there, which was really cool. And I just remember like telling my dad and my brother, I was like, you know, it's going to be really cool is when I'm at this next year with our guys. And, uh, you know, to see that come to fruition, that was, that was awesome. Um, and it was, it was a special day for, for this program. It was a special day, uh, for the future, for, you know, just anybody that's worn the black and red and donned the sea, Paul, because, you know, those guys, they earned it to have nine guys. I mean, it was, it was electric. It was awesome. Um, you know, to be there with Ahmad and his family and just, you know, be there with, with, uh, with coach, I mean, it, it was just, it, it really was. It was first class. It was awesome. And uh, obviously the best thing was he went top five because we didn't have to stay very long. <laughs> yeah, peel back the curtain a little bit. Get, give us touch, you know, when when the plane touched down, you arrived into the, the beautiful desert with that fantastic strip. And then tell us, you know, kind of the, the happenings afterwards. Did Were you sitting there and all of a sudden Sauce got a call from the Jets and you guys – cheered quietly how, the, how does it kind of all break down right there in person because it's obviously something that i would probably imagine every single listener probably hasn't heard or seen before unless they have a close connection like you and coach Fickle. yeah i mean you know it was great we you know flew right into the airport right next to i mean the strip and all that stuff we checked into the hotel and it's kind of funny a little side little side story and you'll get a kick out of this but our uh, amazing essay i want to know what we're going to get a kick out of i know i can't was, wait you know kind of funny but it was you know it's fun because all, all right, right did was, tell that story uh, again Randy, you you got to tell you, it again you cut out a little bit you cut you out said, right at zach stein yeah Oh, it's going to be one of those shows, isn't it? Uh, it'll work itself out. It'll work itself out. He's just, he's driving through some, some construction. <laughs> Are you it's in a something. tunnel? Oh, okay. can you hear me now? Yes. A little bit better. Yeah. Maybe you're back. Kind of. No, you're gone again. Oh, We're just listening to the the, the for car. the for the Nat sound on Brady. Danco transmission. Uh, By the way, my car right now at Danco. Really? Yeah. They, yeah. So Friday night, I was driving home from work, uh, and the girls called, and they said the. Uh, the car was dead. We thought it was it was potentially just a bad battery. Right. Called AAA. They came out and said, "Nope, battery's fine. Starter's dead." So today we we shipped the old the hoopty up to uh, up to Fairfield, and uh, yeah, EK's right. Like this is this is quintessential. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. He went to tell us the first story about being in Vegas, yep. and the the Vegas God said, "Oh no, sir." No, sir, not here, not today. No Gosh. Vegas stories for you. 
So we should have saved the, the Vegas questions until the end. We should have wrapped up all the others and then threw those out there so the Vegas listeners weren't listening anymore and they couldn't chop us out. But, you know, I'm I'm still on the edge of my seat. I'm, I'm ready to laugh right now with what Brady's about to say. There we Are go. We, back? we got you. Yes, we're back. There we go. All right. I don't know you what started I don't with know SIDs. What you started with SIDs, Zach Stipe, and then you cut out. Yes. So, uh, again, our amazing SID, Zach, he couldn't make the trip. So I was kind of like the Dwight Schrute, the assistant to the assistant during that trip. And uh, that was that was fun because, I mean, all it is is organization, you know, making sure you're communicating with the drivers and ESPN and NFL Network and the Feinbaum show and all these things. And uh, so it was cool because, you know, for the whole day, I just kind of tagged along with Coach and we walked around to all of his, you know, media things. And uh, we got to the ESPN one and saw our buddy Pete Thamel. And, uh, you know, we're in this uh, in this little trailer, you know, eating some snacks, drinking some waters. And, like, um, you know, you got Mortensen in there talking to you and some other random people. And it was just, it was, you know, that part of it was kind of the cool thing just because, you know, you're, you're just walking around Vegas from media outlet to media outlet with, with Coach and just – you know, just taking it all in. and um, But then, you know, got them all checked in to uh, to the green room area. And, uh, you know, that, that thing is as cool as can be. And just, you know, the whole side of everything. And obviously Ahmad was looking really good. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy because it, it goes slow, but it goes fast. And uh, like I said, the best thing, top five, so you didn't have to stay too long. And, um you know, I think the thing that people don't realize is, you know, as soon as those kids get drafted, um, they don't just like go out and like celebrate right away. Like they got like two hours of like media and, you know, just so much stuff that they're doing. But um, it was great. Coach got pictures and then we got to go to a nice dinner. Um, I believe it was Prime Steakhouse at the Bellagio. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was really cool. Had an unbelievable surf and turf meal there and enjoyed some lovely delicious vino um and some fancy tequila one of the people at the table had some fancy tequila um but that was great and then you know when we were done with that dinner we got to catch back up with Ahmad and his family so we're hanging out with them back at the hotel and then again what people don't realize is Ahmad was on a flight to New York by 10 30. so things happen fast um but it was great we got to see uh we got to see coach Mick, you know, from Ohio state. So we, you know, got to chop it up with him and his wife was out there with them. So we hung out with them. Um, but it was great. It was just phenomenal experience. Um, just a great time. Obviously, like I said, great day for the program, but you know, just so proud and humbled and, you know, honored to be there and to be able to celebrate that day with the mod and his family. So, I tried to ask you when we had you for like the brief 90 seconds that we had you as you were walking through the Bellagio with Coach Fick. Which, by the way, was one of the top moments in BCJ history. I think is what Chad called it. So, Brady, good job there. Without question. (laughs) I'm still so curious as to whose tab that dinner was on. Uh, You charge it to winning. There you go. I love it. That's about the best answer I could have asked for. Charge it to winning nine draft picks there you go did uh did did sauce give you a breakdown of his new sauce bottle jane at all oh absolutely he was actually uh 
he was back in the in the weight room today. Okay. You know, I mean, so he he practiced what two days ago with the Jets. Yep. And you know how the NFL is. They're, they're on for a couple of days, they're off for two weeks, and they're back on, all this stuff. But, uh, you know, again, that that's what's so cool about all these kids. I mean, they're not kids anymore. They're young men. They're, you know, making multi-million dollar deals, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, Ahmad still comes back. And when he had his time off, he, he wanted to come back and he wanted to train. And uh, But that was great. He was wearing both chains today. He didn't have any sauce, special sauce, in the, in the bottle today. But, you know. He's always got something. I, I can't wait we, to see we gotta, what he puts in there. We got to come up with a Bearcat sauce, right? That he can put in when he's oh, back he in got Cincinnati. To. He's got a Bearcat sauce to put in there. I'll work on that. Yes. I believe we yeah. can make that happen with many of the great sponsors of the BCJ here. We can. I, I'll, get, I'll, get, uh, I'll get Shane working on Bearcat sauce. <laughs> <laughs> So Brady, after go. after that came to a close on on uh, Thursday, where did did you head back to Cincy or or what was the next step after that, where where you were able to take in the rest of the draft on Friday and then on Saturday as well? Yeah, we we flew back the next day. Um, obviously, the time change, you know, that really kind of messed with you a little bit because you know I think we left, you know, whatever. 10 a.m. Vegas time, and you know you get back, um, went straight home, was around the kids, all that stuff, because they were excited too. They were watching the night before, all that, um, and then uh, you know watched the rest of it, watched the uh, the second round, and you know was going crazy for for uh, Alec Pierce and Brian Cook and you know Dez and all those guys that got drafted that night. I mean it was it was awesome, but um, you know just just sitting there like on your couch, just waiting to see your guys and then you know it's funny it was right before uh alec pierce got picked and i'm like oh man that's awesome because he was there with alec at his house you know having a party and uh you know again everything's probably on a delay or there's always some random guy on twitter that's got the inside scoop like i just tried to enjoy it and take it all in talk a little bit more about alec pierce and the colts and obviously curtis brooks also going to the colts they actually brought but, you know, Dez, uh, Alec, uh, also Michael Young in for a workout, private workout with them. And the main thing that I hear living here in Indy is just the fact that the coaching staff was just blown away by how, how they worked, you know, how, how they looked with confidence and, and out there on the field just during this workout in front of them. I, I mean, that speaks volumes to the program, also to the players that were there in attendance, just kind of, you know, talk about Alec and, and Curtis Brooks, of course, also getting a shot with the Colts, it just seems as if the staff and kind of the, the entire NFL is starting to really take notice of what this program is pumping out. Yeah. And just, you know, before I kind of talk on that, even, you know, there was multiple, you know, NFL head coaches and GMs that really praised, you know, our pro day, not, not the results or the setup or anything, but it was about the guys and how much they generally cared and was cheering on one another and having fun and, you know, that's that's the culture. That's our brotherhood That's that's been built here. And, you know, that's why teams fall in love with these guys because they work their asses off, um, but they also have so much fun. They have a genuine love not only for the game but for each other. So to see, you know, AP, uh, Curtis Brooks, and Michael Young, you know, sign with 
the Colts, I mean, that's just a testament to those guys doing what they've always done, but, you know, really making a great impression on the guys that worked them out that day. And um, I think AP is going to be a dominant, you know, 10 year NFL vet. I mean, the guys, you know, he played both. Yep, I agree completely. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better myself. You're breaking up again, brother. We're having connection issues tonight. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. No, We're also, uh, by the way, as we wait for this to sort itself out again, as it did a, a few minutes ago, live tonight for the first time on Twitch. So oh, wow. uh, YouTube and Twitch. Uh, now your options for live streaming the BCJ live content. Uh, so make sure you uh, you check that out if you're new on Twitch or if you have a Twitch account. Uh, go ahead and give us a follow. Let's build up that that Twitch following as well. Are we uh, are we gonna get some video game action going on on the Twitch or? Uh, maybe, maybe. I'd have to I, I'd have to get better at at PC gaming. I'm yeah. not a big PC gamer, right? Uh, so I'd have to. I, I was never much of a typer. It's your producer, yeah, probably. It's the worst. <laughs> Brady, are you there? Nope. Apparently, though, on Twitch, you can't put them in timeout. I was going to put Ed in timeout. Oh, wow! Of oh. course, Ed would be our first Twitch commenter. Ed, welcome to Twitch, man. Jeez, pretty cool. Ed's a big Twitch guy like me. Ed's Ed's Ed, Jeff's Jeff's Jeff used to have a Twitch account. So, uh, well, he used to he still has a Twitch account. He just used but to. But I be... mean, he used to stream regularly on right. his Twitch account. So you know the the PTP guys are are well ahead of us on that on that curve. I'm surprised he hasn't asked you to start streaming the PTP on the on the Twitch channel. Yeah. I don't know. It's not got the same, quite the same following at this point. So we're still building that. The old twitchy. Yeah. No, just, just PTP in general. Oh, well there, there, there used to be this guy in my office at my day job who would literally have Twitch on, on one of his screens, just like All as that. like a thumbnail the entire day. It's just like, I usually have it on during the day. It's just impressive. I have no idea what they're. I, he's just watching Fortnite just all day or Call of Duty all day. I, I still just don't understand the fascination about watching other people play video games, but who knows? Oh, all right. We got Brady back. We got him back. Oh, man. I don't know what it was. It never does that. <laughs> I know so something's weird tonight. Aaron had problems at the beginning too. We'll blame it on Stun Streamyard. It's their fault. There we go. Where did I, where was I? Where did I? Where did I cut off that? You you were getting ready to dive into Alec and uh, Curtis in Indy. Yeah, I mean, again, Alec. I think he's going to be a ten-year NFL vet guy. You know, I mean, started playing wideout, played a little bit of linebacker back in the day. You know, special teams. And then obviously we saw the evolution of him at wideout, and I think he's just going to continue to be better and better. You know, Curtis Brooks, one of the most powerful, explosive 
uh, dominant defense alignment I've ever been around. And yeah, you know, you could say it was a heavy D line draft and all that stuff. Well, I mean, you put on the film, that guy's going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to make a name for himself as well. Um, you know, and again, like I said, Michael Young signing there. I mean, that's just, again, testament to those guys taking advantage of their opportunities and just three great guys that are going to a great organization and I think are going to make a, uh, an immediate impact. So we also saw in the second round Brian Cook go to the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't imagine that really surprised you of all people, but I think there were certainly some people around Bearcat Nation that were kind of like, oh, wow. Um, so what did you think about Brian Cook going in the second round to the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, man. I mean, when that one was called, I think I, I, think I had goosebumps. I almost cried just because – you know, I mean, Brian Cook, you know, his journey since he's been here, you know, he gets here, he does everything the right way, he works his ass off, he's a great young man, he's humble, and, uh, you know, has a little boo-boo in the spring, he can't play that year, but then he plays in the bowl game and he's just flying around, um, then the next year, you know, has another little setback with an ankle, but still, you know, providing value, but he's behind, you know, James Wiggins and Derek Forrest, and then all of a sudden gets his opportunity in the Georgia game, and it's like, hello. And then, you know, goes out and dominates this entire year and was just an absolute spark plug, a leader in every which way for this for this team, this program. And, uh, you know, has all the measurables. I mean, every bit of 6'2", 210 pounds, ran a 4'4". I mean, looks good. Great man, like I said. But he, he couldn't do the senior bowl. You know, he got his shoulder fixed right after the bowl game. He didn't do the combine. So, you know, again, that's that's what's so valuable about all these things with, you know, running and tights and measurables and all that stuff. It's all good. But what happens when you press play? When you press play, Brian Cook stands out. And, you know, it's crazy because, all right, he was a second-round draft pick and he didn't do all those things. So had he done the senior bowl, had he done the combine, had he done everything at pro day, like, who knows, he could have been a first-rounder. And uh, I'm just so jacked up. He's going to a great organization. Obviously, he's going to be with another great Bearcat and our guy, TK. Um, and, I mean, he's going to be a star on that team. One of the things I really liked about Cook was in his first interview with the Kansas City media, they brought up the little injury that he had off season, and just, you know, kind of saying, are, you know, how, how much longer are you going to be out? You know, is this something that's going to – drag on for a little while and he immediately shut down the question and said i'm ready right now i can go out on the field right now because we all know he is <laughs> i mean he just he's which is no surprise to the people that have covered him but yeah it's just like just an absolute gamer um, no it is and that and that was a big reason you know why he kind of got the surgery right after the game was he wanted to be ready whenever his opportunity came to jump right in and you know no doubt. You, you, you'd have to cut off every limb and his head to get that guy off the field. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he'd still be flying around the field for sure. Yeah, uh, he would. Brady, uh, that speaks to the development that you've been able to do. I want to I want to touch on that later, you know, if we have time. But because I, obviously you you've gotten some praise on, on Twitter and, and on social media as well for your ability to really raise these you know lower rated recruits, quote unquote, if you will into these NFL talents, but I want to touch on that a little bit later. I want to talk next about just Dez 
and uh, my J wrapping up the third, making it five on the top 100. And, you know, it's just kind of the fact that Dez, you could tell in the interviews right afterwards, he was, he, he was a little fired up, ready to prove himself, maybe another additional chip on his shoulder, if you will. Kind of, you know, talk about what you think the extra motivation for the, for the guys that might have gone a little bit later than expected, or, you know, even like a Darian Beaver is going a little bit later in the draft as well. Because they're going to come in and, and they're going to want to prove themselves right away. No, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things you say it's a blessing in disguise because if there's one thing you don't want to do, especially to Des Ritter or Amaji Sanders, is give them any type of extra motivation. And I think that's exactly what they did. I mean, I, was, I remember Des, you know, I was texting him that day. I said, I'm so fired up. Can't wait to see which lucky team gets you. And in a typical Des fashion, you know, he replies, you know, this league done messed up. He's like, I'm going to make sure everybody feels me. I'm going to make sure they understand what they passed up on. And like, I was like, yes, that's exactly what I've known since the day you stepped in here. Someone's always going to doubt you. Someone's always going to, you know, look past you and tell you you're not this or not that. And I was like, and what have you done your whole life? All you've done is overcome it. I mean, he's the, he's the poster child of adversity. Let's face it. So I think dad's going to Atlanta. I think that's a great fit. It's a great spot for him. Um, I think he's going to thrive there. Um, you know, Maje going to Arizona, that's great as well. You know, again, we've all seen it. Mock drafts, Maje could be here, could be there. All that matters is that you got to have one team just absolutely fall in love with you. Now, again, a lot of them love them, but he got picked by the right team, and he's going to go out there. He's going to make a name for himself. Beaver, same thing. I mean, going to New York, I think that's a great opportunity with him, with the new staff up there. Um, you know, they're going to plug and play him all over. You know, he was in today too. Kind of sounded like, um, you know, he's he's prepared to play inside, outside, whatever it takes. But again, the greatest thing for especially guys like Maje and you know Darian is they got a crap load of special teams film. So no doubt their value is going to be felt right away. We all saw somebody. It'll be nice to have somebody inside the program corroborate. How many times did it feel like on like? Uh, Saturday night, like, man, they're going to have a tough time getting Cook on the field this week. And then you'd show up at practice on Tuesday, and there he was. <laughs> That's pretty much right. I mean, every Sunday with him, you know, after he really hurt his shoulder midway through the year, it was like, you know, the modifications that I would make with him in the weight room. And it, it became fun because I would come up with new things for him to do, and he'd still train hard, and he'd still love it, and – um, but yeah, like I said, you'd have to cut off every single, you know, muscle in his body for him not to be able to be out there. That's how much it means to him. And that's how much the guys meant to him. You mentioned Ritter said, uh, that the league messed up. We all saw the, uh, the phone interview. We know he didn't use the word messed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I let him fly. <laughs> I do let it fly quite a bit on here. I don't know why I didn't say that, but no <laughs> doubt he, he straight up said they done fucked up. <laughs> yeah, they did. They absolutely did. Uh, we'll round, round it out. Like Jerome Ford, obviously, and going to your team up there in uh, Cleveland. <laughs> it's uh, not my team. I'm a fan. Hey, my, my walls are getting full of NFL hats now, so I'm a fan of it all, man. Okay. Well, how about childhood Fan. There you go, childhood team. There you go, your childhood team going up there. To, you, I mean, to you Browns. got two. You got two Browns hats now, though. Yeah, you do. You got well, Hudson and you got Ford. So I, mean, I know, I know, it's great. I think, uh, I think Rome going up there is awesome. I think it's great because 
you know, you, they obviously already have two of the best backs in the league and Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. But what Jerome provides you is that change of pace. You know, I'm sure he'll probably be labeled as a third down back right now. But, you know, again, he stays uh, humble. He keeps working. Um, you know, he's going to continue to provide value just beyond third down, whether it's special teams, whether it's return game. And then, you know, who knows? You know, somewhere down the line, he might be a guy, the guy. But, uh, again, excited for him because here's here's the one thing I do know. He's going behind a great O-line. <laughs> yeah. So then Kobe goes to Seattle, and he's already been offered by the team before he even had to ask the number eight uh, in homage to his namesake. And uh, what, did, what did you feel about the fit for him all the way in Seattle? Again, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, I think what they're trying to do there is kind of replicate what they did, you know, back in 2012 um, when they started the Legion of Boom and they got just, you know, absolute grinders, you know, guys that maybe weren't high end draft picks and maybe not the biggest of names. And even though Kobe is, I mean, Thorpe Award and obviously we know what he's meant to this program, but, uh, you know, just a great fit, an absolute great fit. It's going to go out there. You know, he's going to be a guy. He's going to fucking do everything that he has to do. He's going to do it the right way. But it's it's everything about Kobe off the field that makes him a better fit up there because he's he's just exactly what that, you know, that organization, that defense is known for. Guys that just, they go hard as shit. They do things the right way. They're humble. They're hungry. And they're never satisfied. Well, Brady, let's talk about you a little bit because all these guys are just validation that – of the amazing things going on within the program at UC. Uh, I think, you know, obviously Austin Gale, who has a connection here with BCJ, mentioned you in a tweet about one of the best-kept secrets in college football, transformed the strength conditioning program, 11 three-star or lower recruits getting drafted in the last two years. Just talk about your development as, as a person and the way you've been able to, to build the program and build these kids as well into the the NFL players and the prospects and, and everything that they've become up to this point. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a tremendous amount of pride. You know, like I said, I got choked up with a lot of those guys. I was going crazy. I was, you know, my kids were going crazy. My wife was crying. Like when Des was drafted, like when everybody was just cause you know, you've seen these guys come in as young, you know, immature, 17, 18 year olds, whatever they are. And then, you know, they go through the rigors of our off season programs, the in season, the practices, and just, they mature beyond, you know, your eyes and you see them grow. You see them go through hard times. You see them at their, at their lowest, you see them at their highest. And, you know, it's just, it, it, me it meant so much to me because th that was like your first real group of guys, you know, last year was as well with Derek Forrest and a lot of other guys, but, um, you know, again, I'm just I'm very humbled and like I said, honored and, you know, to be in this position to do it where I get to do it at. I mean, the University of Cincinnati, unbelievable. You know, the staff that I have, I can't do this alone. I'm not a one man crew and just, you know, all the support that we have. I mean, the the athletic trainers. I mean, there's no better than Aaron and Michelle down there. Good old Bob, you know, helping us out as well. And um, and again, I mean, our coaches, man, like. I just, you know, and I know I'm biased. I don't give a shit. Like, how could you not want to come play at this university? How could you not want to play in this program? Like, you're going to – you do well, guess what? 
yeah, you'll, you'll have an opportunity to go to the league just like you do at any other place. But you're going to get your degree. You're going to train better than anybody in the country. And you're going to play for a head coach that is ultimately the only one that I know of that generally cares about you as a human being and a football player. And you're actually going to get developed. And uh, that's a testament to him. That's a testament to all of our assistant coaches that have been here throughout all of our five years going into year six. And uh, at the end of the day, too, it's also it's a big motivation. It's a big uh, challenge. It, it's, you know, you have that taste in your mouth. And, you know, it's kind of like we were joking, like, all right, we'll be back again next year. And I was like, all right, let's make sure it's a top five pick, though, because I like how we get to get in and get out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a quote for you, Brady. This We won't mention a name. Uh, but it's from a four-star recruit who said, when I saw the Cincinnati had nine players drafted, I thought to myself five years ago, you would have never seen this, but this is showing the program is continuing to grow. In a way, the amount of players did change my perception because a few years ago, I only knew Cincinnati for being a basketball team. Now that nine players were drafted, it tells me it's possible. That's what's well, yeah. so big about it for the program, right? Like, all of a sudden, kids want to know, like, can I play in the NFL if I go there? And this that weekend was the biggest commercial you could ever have for literally all of your dreams can come true here. You can win. You can win championships. And then when draft day comes around, you can go get your millions of dollars. Oh, 100%. And again, you know, there's been great NFL players that have come out of the University of Cincinnati. Sure. And I think, you know, again, I, and I have no idea, but I'm sure, you know, we know how recruiting is. I'm sure people use tactics here and there. And, you know, I've seen graphics all the time where they got, you know, a picture of a kid and, you know, Goodell and saying you're on the clock and you're the next first round pick and all that. And, you know, maybe that was something that was like, yeah, sure, you could go there and, you know, maybe you'll have a chance of being a third round or something like that, but you'll never be a top, you know, 32 right. pick. Well, go ahead and suck it because we just had a top five pick. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? That kid was, you know, it, he wasn't a no name, but he was a very under the radar guy that our coaching staff fell in love with, that we connected with and that he came here and he grew and he matured and he did shit the right way. And guess what? He's a top five pick highest, highest draft pick in UC football history. He also happened to be on uh, the greatest football team in UC football history. He also happened to be a part of the best four-year stretch in UC football history. I mean, you could continue on and on and on. And, you know, that is that's what's, that is what's cool. It was a big commercial. It is a big, not selling point. I, I would look at it more as a talking point. Like, it's just another notch that we get to put in the belt. Like, you know, you're going to, like I said, you're going to come here. Number one, 100% graduation rate. Like, let's think about that for a second. Travis Kelsey just finished his degree, right? That's huge. Yeah. And... Everybody that we have had in our program since 2017, they've graduated. Like, that's huge because someday football is going to end. Okay, you're going to win a lot of games. You're going to win championships. Okay, but that comes from hard work. That comes from developing. That's the culture. That's the brotherhood. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to play in the NFL. Guess what? That'll happen. In order to do that, you got to do the right things. But even more so important that I think, you know, this past draft shows you with nine guys being drafted. And you can say the same thing for Georgia with 15 is how much attention is brought to your team when you win, you know? And again, that's something that coach always preaches your individual success. No doubt. We all have our selfish, you know, desires and wants, but it's only going to enhance because of the team success. 
So nine guys drafted, absolutely. Those guys worked their asses off. They earned it. They're going to continue to dominate. But it's because of the team and the attention that the entire team brought because you win and you do things the right way. So who called you most excited uh, after they were drafted? And who uh, who's already been in your ear, in your office, on your phone, saying, I'm ready to work now? Like – like guys that just got drafted or our current players? Uh, current players. Oh, man. All of them. You know, because, again, that, that was, uh, you know, that was my big thing, too, as, as guys are getting drafted and, uh, you know, some other players that are getting drafted that, you know, they might have measurables compared to some of our guys. I mean, that, that's, that's all it was. It was just – it was another day for me, but it was just heightened because everybody's watching the draft and – I'm texting the guys saying, this is you next year. You know, we got to do this. You got to do this. Uh, let's take our, you know, this approach, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it. trust me, like I said, if anything, it was just a big motivation to continue to enhance everything that we do. Me as a coach, this program, how we recruit, how we, you know, everything. Brady, uh, some some quick hitters for you real quick. Um, just just you got three. Like two minutes. Yep, three real quick. Just give, give me your quick – observations on each uh, each storyline, if you will. First off, the Corey Kiner transfer became official. Just, you know, mention his addition to the team and to the running back room and your thoughts on that. Second off, uh, I haven't seen any video of Gino Gadulli throwing out the first pitch at the Reds game. Were you able to get a, a heads up on that? Did he make it to the plate? Was it a strike? And then uh, last off, Mr. Bat, Mr. Bearcat was awarded. And uh, it was a guy who, who might have had a, a bit of an impact in the weight room and, and on the field as well, like to pump it up, Ryan Royer. So just those three quick hitters, go. Corey Kiner, let's fucking go. That's awesome. Um, unbelievable. We already have an unbelievable running back room. Great guys, great talent. Um, adding someone like him, whew, let's go. Uh, I guarantee Gino threw a strike. He's an absolute dog, so no doubt he did. And then uh, – Ryan Royer is the ultimate human being. Mr. Bearcat, of course he is. We're going to put a, a, a whole wall in the weight room that's a shrine to him, and uh, we will forever kneel down to him and say a prayer to him every day. <laughs> I got to go, boys. I'm sorry. I got to pick up my daughter here. Happy birthday. All right. See you, boys. Love you. See you. Thanks, Brady. Hi, baby. Birthday girl. We probably – yeah, we probably should. Did, did you yeah. kick him out? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what a legend! What a legend! That's, that's the type of content you get here at Bearcat Journal. You, you even get Brady Collins, even through hiccups, right? <laughs> even through hiccups, you get Brady Collins live from the parking lot of his daughter's gymnastics class. On her from, from the from the hallway of the Bellagio to a parking lot uh, somewhere up in northeastern Cincinnati. That's what you get. Yep. On her sixth that is birthday, one of the advantages on Twitch on mobile. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, you can min- you can minimize the screen and still have it play. I know that's a problem with YouTube on, oh, on nice. some devices. Uh, yeah. So that is one of the uh, the benefits of listening on Twitch. If you're joining us on Twitch, you've got to have YouTube Premium in order to do that. So right. So uh, no, that was awesome. Brady just kind of kind of reiterating what we've all been saying ever since the draft, but man, just knowing the effects that it had, knowing 
the the that Dez is really going to have a chip on his shoulder, knowing that Sauce is still coming around. You know the program even after getting drafted two three weeks ago. It just all of it speaks volumes to what is growing here. Oh, me neither, Eric. Man, jeez, me neither. But it it just the way that Brady has also had a bit of a rise as well is is something I wanted to ask because he is kind of the best kept secret. You know, he's he's someone. Yeah, but that, he'll never take credit for that. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Which is which is why his answer was right on par with him just pushing all the credit to everyone else in the program except for himself. But I, I mean, that is an unbelievable stat to have that many lowly rated players drafted that high and drafted at all. And I mean, it's just really begs to see what's going to happen when the type of talent coming in takes that next step forward and the development that they could do under that same culture and under, under that same work ethic that Brady's been able to instill in all the players and in the program as a whole. I will say this without an ounce of hesitation, and I'll turn the camera back on here for a second. (laughs) Cincinnati has not only the best duo of strength and conditioning and coaches in the country, but the number one basketball strength and conditioning coach in the country and right up there with with the best of the best in football. Brady's – Brady will probably tell you, you know, he put Mickey ahead of him. Uh, Mariotti from Ohio State because that's his mentor. That's that's who we learned from. But uh, without question, I think they have the best combination of football and basketball strength and conditioning coaches in the country. I mean, I I, I think I told you guys like Danny Hurley was all over my case. Like this was it was your fault that I lost the best strength and conditioning coach in the country. <laughs> and I was like, well, Wes said, who do I need to hire as my strength and conditioning coach? And I was like, Mike Rayfeld. There's one answer and one answer only. I didn't think you'd come back, but if I was going to, if somebody's asking me the question, I think you should hire the best in the business. And Mike Rayfeld is, is widely regarded as the best strength and conditioning coach in the country. And Brady is absolutely up there at the top of the list for football as well. So I know Luke and, and Wes get a ton of the credit for the direction that things are headed. Uh, but man, having those two guys on campus, is absolutely invaluable for UC. I had a I had a revelation. So I got a I got a Hawaii uh, home field shirt for, on tonight for Nick Mardner. Okay. So that's what I was thinking. I was I, I like it. So they sent me. I had a little bit of extra money that that uh, they were they hadn't sent me yet, and I was like, you know what? Just send me a bunch of like the uh, they were doing like uh, like mystery packs. Okay. And I was just send me some of the mystery packs and I'll get a bunch of, you know, random, uh, yeah. random stuff. And so when I was going to put this on today, I was like, you know, it'd be cool if whenever UC gets a transfer, if they have uh, a home field line that I'll go buy the home field shirt for wherever the kid transferred from, like whatever uh, favorite. Unless it's Ivan Pace. Right. I'm well they I, they don't have a home pitch. Come on. You gotta be relevant to have a home pitch. <laughs> um so yeah, so that, that'll start with this. And that way if I wear it, I can be like, Oh, Hawaii transfer Nick Martin. That's why I've got the Hawaii shirt on. Which think about that. Brady Collins with Nick Martin, who he's already said is a hard worker. 
puts his head down, does what he's yeah. told. I mean, imagine that 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 frame with a little bit of development to it, man, it's going to be could, could be another possible, you know, draft pick that you hear called in, in a future NFL draft. I just think it's uh, all of what Brady said tonight is just it's a continuing advertisement for the program, a continuing advertisement for the school. And it's all truth, though. But finally, people are starting to really listen and really adhere to what they're all saying about it. And that's why I think, you know, we've, we've had these conversations about who's the next star. You know, you guys mentioned that on the uh, on one of the, the nightcaps. We had another conversation of the over-under draft picks for next year's draft. I, well, when, when teams start to realize, okay, there's something brewing there in Cincinnati, maybe that's when names that we – that we aren't even thinking of start to really make a rise and, and coaches and, you know, front offices in the NFL are really starting to see and say, Hey, you know, we haven't really looked at the defensive line that has been going on at Cincinnati. Let's take a look at Malik Van a little bit more. Let's take a look at Jabari Taylor a little bit more. And that's when you get these end of the, you know, draft picks like a Curtis Brooks and players of that sort. So man, it's a, it is awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Well, and, and the good news also is if these guys start, having the type of success that we think they're going to have teams become a lot more likely to take your fringe prospects serious mm-hmm. in the following years. Like if you've got a guy that's, it's on that cut line of draftable, not draftable, but they know he's from Cincinnati. He wins, he works, he does thing the right way. Then all of a sudden maybe you're that guy's getting drafted in the sixth and seventh round instead of sliding into uh, free agency so the the benefits are tenfold and we're just scratching the surface on learning about them right and i just right. put a story up from mick with quotes from not only recruits but uh, like commits but also uh other targets reacting to their their perception of uc and what what having nine guys drafted does to impact that to enhance that so go check that out uh on bearcat journal right now baking cookies anytime soon eric no i think as it stands i think may is going to be pretty cookie free uh we're we're we're, we we had our we had our rush of of sweets and treats at the end of april right into the beginning of may uh i think you're going to see there's a uh there's two official visit weekends the first two weekends of June. And those, I, I talked to a source today. That source today told me that they will be the two biggest official visit weekends in program history based on the type of talent, the level of talent that will be in town. How about that? And, and you know, right. so, so pretty much slimming down before summer, right? That's right, what, we're just, we're we're getting the we're getting the summer bod, the beach bod ready. Right, right. Uh, and then hopefully in June, you know, we go we we get back to to having some cookies. And it's, it's difficult though; like you've got a lot of commits already. Like, the, yeah. Although we'll see, there might not be a twenty-five man limit. Yeah. In recruiting anymore, there will still be an eighty-five man limit, which is where Cincinnati's challenge is gonna gonna keep coming in because. Uh, Everybody wants to be a part of this program and guys that are here generally don't want to leave. So <laughs> the 85 will continue to be the, the difficult number. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So 
Um, kind of rehashing what you guys talked about a little bit on the nightcap, and then Mo had a good article out there as well. Were you guys able to come to a final answer on the next star within the football program that people are talking about? Because, you know, kind of wrapping up the draft and focusing on this upcoming years, you know, you've got to kind of look at, you know, Aaron, I thought you did a good job with your question about, you know, of the current team, who was the first to call you excited trying to take that next step and, and figure out what they need to do to get to the NFL. Have you guys, after having that nightcap last week, kind of come up to a final realization of, okay, maybe I missed this name or maybe I want to stand on a pedestal a little bit louder and say, this is my my selection to make that next step of being an NFL prospect as well as the star of the program? I mean, I, I still go with Jaheim for me on defense. I mean, I think that he's going to be a dude, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Like, no real way around it. Um, but I know, like, we had talked about there's multiple – I think there's multiple answers, and I think that you can talk about defensive line, linebacking core, secondary. You can talk about offense as well. I mean, I don't think it's just going to be, like, one and one. Like, you don't think it needs to be just, like, an MVP on one side or, or right. vice versa. Um, so, I don't know. I mean – Chad, have you given it any more thought since we last talked about it? No. We <laughs> talked about it, and that's the last I've thought about it. Uh, but that's generally how this works for me. Um, I don't know. I, I'd still be pressed to lean Corey Kiner. Yeah. Like, if, if, if they feature him the way that they've featured their running backs over the past five years, there's no mm-hmm. reason to believe they're not going to feature him the way they've featured their running backs and he ends up being as good as we all think he's going to be. Right. He's going to, he's going to be a guy that gets a lot of national attention uh, as we move into this era post Desmond Ritter on who the signal caller is. Um, Man, I think Corey's name is going to be right at the top of that list of, you know, these guys are absolute studs. So that's my that's my final answer for now. Do you do you think that we'll have well will will the amount of times that the, the announcers on during the game say former LSU running back Corey Kiner, will it rival the amount of times no. that they said Jerome Ford, former Alabama running No, back? because Alabama's Alabama, man. Like right. I know people got upset about that, but look. They don't do it for anybody, any other transfer that UC's ever had. But when you come from Alabama, guess what? It has a different connotation to it. The the connotation is Nick Saban recruited this guy, right? Like Mm -hmm. this guy was on the Alabama roster for a reason. And I think that carries weight. I think that's why it existed like it did. I know it drove some people absolutely crazy, but it's not without merit, right? It's Alabama. Now, did it get old? Sure. Having to listen to every crew do it? Sure. But it's, it's, it's understandable why. Yeah, it is. I completely agree. Um, Collinsworth getting any reps with the second team real quick, bring that up. I mean, not, not really. Right. I think it was uh, kind of that, that swing tackle. Um, obviously with, with, with they Williams. They looked at him at guard as well. I mean, right. they, they bounced him around a little bit. I mean, you're still, 
the, the telling thing for the offensive line for me, and Aaron doesn't know this yet, but what we're going to start doing on the nightcap through the month of May uh, is we're going to start singling out positions in football and basketball and, and give our thoughts on like uh, where the uh, – where 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 the the roster is headed, where things are situated uh, at each position, going down the football roster, offense and defense, and then basketball, point guard, wing, stretch, big, kind of, you know, the way that 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 breakdown is done now. Um, so I think that we're going to use that to get us through May, right? Because this is a good time to reset. Unless other things come up and we take like a night yeah, to, talk, no, to discuss that, sure. No, I mean, like yeah, that, no. those will be our, our nights. Like, trust me, Love we're going to get some nights in this month where it's like, what the hell do we talk about? Oh, you mean like last night? Yeah, like last night. It was like, uh, if we talk, whatever we talk about last night, last night, like, it was going to be completely fabricated. So uh, I dug into my, my bag of content tricks. And decided that going forward, when we have days that we don't have top of the mind news stories to cover, we're going to start breaking down the roster through the month of May. Because I think May is going to be a little, just a little slim pickings, you know, because basically after graduation, everybody gets a couple weeks off before they return back to campus. Like with basketball, I don't even think you can start your offseason program until June. Um, So those guys are all going to be gone for the most part. And then football's gone for the most part this month. Um, recruiting, like I said, is kind of going to be in a like a, a holding pattern until we get to these official visit weekends, uh, which which Mick is going to have a bunch of, uh, of content on that coming up as we go through the month to prepare you for for those. Um, so yeah, Aaron, that's uh, that's the new plan for slow days on the nightcap going forward <laughs> Fair enough. we have uh, forgot to do the uh, timestamp timestamp after oh, no, brady I, I we didn't do it after brady but i do have the football <laughs> wrap up brady collins timestamp okay. ready well, to go well i'm well i was gonna wrap it up here with with my comment on the uh the star and or you know next up type type ordeal and uh kind of based it off so so this past saturday i was at a wedding and the main thing that every person that walked up to me and talked about Cincinnati football. Aside from the Alec Pierce, give me the rundown, this and the other. I'm shocked you were at a wedding this weekend. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. hard to believe. It was a blast. It hard was a to blast. believe. But uh, the it, it was okay. So who's next at quarterback? That was the main question after asking about Alec Pierce and Curtis Brooks, obviously because there are a lot of Colts fans. It was just who's next at quarterback, and I think that nationally, that's kind of the you know, where people look when it comes to teams. It's kind of, you know, okay, here's your team. What, who's the quarterback? What kind of player is he? And I think that's, that's why the answer of who's going to take over as a starter is going to be just so pinnacle and, and, and extremely important. And I, I don't, I'm not going to say I have that answer now. Um, and I think Ben Bryant is a, is a fantastic player, but I would say Evan Prater would be my next star, the next up. And, as he continues to develop and get his his passing down, he just has that electric, you know, gene to him. Where if you watch the highlights from last year, yes, there weren't many because you know obviously Des Ritter was the quarterback of the Bearcats, but he's just so fluid on the field. He's he brings that added athleticism that 
that wow factor, if you will. So um, if, if Prater wins, wins the job, I think he's going to have that kind of star potential and that star ability inside of him. So that would be my pick just, just based off a of guess. Uh, and I don't know. We'll see who wins that battle. Cause iron sharpens iron. We've seen the New York jets say iron sharpens iron a bunch. I think they stole it from, from sauce and the Bearcats, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, as they go through, you know, camp higher ground and, and whatnot, who does take a hold of that competition. And uh, man, it's going to be exciting, but I think Evan Prater brings in, an electrifying addition if he does get the shot. And if not, Ben Bryant's got, you know, a rocket arm. We, we, we've seen that we've testimated that and, you know, trust the uh, trust the staff and what they go with, but I think uh, I think that would be the future star and and the one nationally that people get a lot of eyes on. I mean, uh, obviously, all of us can't wait to see what happens with the quarterback battle. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk nil here in a second. But first, it's our Bring first it Urban Artifacts timestamp of the night. Did you know that Urban Artifacts building the historic St. Patrick Church is 150 years old? They operate their tap room in the basement. Upstairs, they offer the reliquary, 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 <laughs> and event space. Swing by Urban Artifacts, Northside Tap Room, and mention Bearcat Journal to get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Every time I start to read that teaser, I realize I'm going to have to say that. And I instantly like, regret not choosing a different one. Every week. Right. <laughs> Every doggone week. Um, Chad, you mentioned the uh, – can you share regarding NIL? <laughs> you guys talked about this top and bottom with the BC, on the BCJ pod. Yeah, I mean, on, I've, I've talked about what I can. I can't talk about more because I don't have more specific details. Like, I, I'm oh. not going to tell you guys, like, the the rumors or the, the you know – the rough edges of what I'm hearing. I want to know specifically like what direction they're headed, where are they going? And now, especially the NCAA is trying to circle back and, and double down on trying to stop some of the recruiting inducement stuff, which they're not going to be able to do. Um, but uh, there are things being worked on behind the scenes. That's what I've, sh I've shared. Uh, they are, are trying to put themselves in as best a position as possible uh, when all this stuff kind of, levels out going forward um i do think this is the pendulum taking you know it was over here all the all for so many years and now that the floodgates are open it has swung all the way up here and i do think it's going to find its way back down towards the middle somewhere um and i think uc will be fine in that uh landscape i actually don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to kind of sit out i don't know if sit out is the first is the right word but to kind of observe exactly what's happening around the country uh and 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 plot your path a little more strategically as opposed to the way some of these schools are just diving into this thing head first with no regard for the consequences of, you know, Dave and I talked about it Thursday night. Like what's the consequence for bringing in a high school freshman or a, a college freshman quarterback that's making $8 million. Yeah. Right. 
Like, what's the blowback from his teammates? What? How fine of a line? How delicate is it for that kid to come into that situation where you know maybe if if, if nil is working as it should, you've got a couple kids making a couple hundred grand. You've got most of your roster making ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, um, and all of a sudden there's this new kid on campus that nobody knows, nobody has a bond with, uh, but he walks on campus with with an eight million dollar nil deal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I think you're probably best suited to let this first wave figure itself out and start finding that middle ground before you aggressively state your position uh, on where you're going to fall in this thing. Right. No, I, I completely agree. But also oh, the NCAA, the NCAA is absolutely too late, Eric. There's no question there. So my, my point of view is this, how often do those top level quarterbacks, which will seem to be the ones that bring in a bunch of money, you know, coming out of high school, how, how often do those high-level five-stars truly hit home runs? You know, how, how often are they the the best as they are and they turn into NFL talents? I mean, it's it's kind of a crapshoot at, at certain times. You sure. really go back in the rankings and, well, you know, it's just yeah. kind of hot the, and cold. Got to oh, interrupt you guys. Thank you. Yeah, got to interrupt you guys. Thanks to uh, Tonk for the donation. We appreciate it. If you want to make a donation right below, if you're on YouTube, right below the chat, there's a little the dollar sign. You can donate there or you can join the channel. Uh, once we get the, the channel up to uh, enough members, Aaron and I will be doing like subscriber only live shows and, and certain things that uh, that that benefit our community as opposed to the open community. So uh Hit the join button that's below the the screen if you're on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, The screen right below it on the right-hand side, it says join. Or if you have a question or if you just want to make a donation, uh, there's a little dollar sign right underneath the chat. And we'll we'll work to get verified on Twitch too, uh, become a Twitch partner as we build the Twitch channel. Aaron, we got to build another channel. Does that mean we got another Twitch subathon? Coming up here, I'm still recovering from the last one. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that we can tap all those those guests again quite yet. No, but we know plenty more guests. We can get others. We'll see. Great. Okay. You loved it. You had so much fun. You, <laughs> you went did. to you like you afterward the show. You were like, I can't sleep. I'm so geeked up. That was awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um. So yeah. I, I just I the NCAA is clearly obviously too late on getting a handle on this, but there's still gonna be uh and Kyle, thanks again with the with Tonk with the new membership as he well. Said, I'm not missing out on anything. Right. <laughs> he never does. That's no, uh, Tonk Tonk is as loyal as it gets. Um I, I, I just I, I think there's going to be a middle ground that's found uh, in this. And there will always, this is the way this works, there will always be people that go to the extreme. There will always be programs that go to the extreme. I'm just interested to see, does it work for them? Like, are those guys that are demanding this that much NIL, like, are those the guys that are really 
about the right kind of things like Brady talks about having the guys that are all about the work and the weight room and the development and the everyday grind of being a high level college football player, or are those the guys that are there for, to get theirs, to get their own? Well, now you are, and we appreciate it. And if you want to be like Tonk, I just told you how to do it. So that's, we're not going to, we're not going to force anybody to do those things, but if you'd like to do it, we'd appreciate it. Uh, Aaron's got a baby coming. It's true. We could do a we could do a diaper drive where everything that everybody donates, like one Friday afternoon, uh, I'll give to you for uh, for diaper money. That might be fun. I think we could do that one Friday. Wes has agreed to hop on with us here at some point in time uh, over the next couple of weeks. No, there's there's the baby diaper money. <laughs> Just oh. interesting to see people doing whatever it is that they're doing on Twitch. Always interesting. Well, they ha- they have emotes on Twitch where you. I have, know they like, do. I know they yeah, do. <laughs> they have emotes on Twitch, so th- those now are uh, becoming part of our conversation uh, as we welcome Twitch into uh, the BCJ world. I've had that Twitch channel set up for ages. I just never used it for anything. Well, here we are. I wasn't smart enough to figure out how to. Uh, connect the capture card to the PS3 when I was playing NCAA football. I tried for like a week to get the capture card to work. I've still got it. It's in a box somewhere. Uh, But I couldn't figure it out. I wasn't smart enough. Uh, So I just have the channel that I've never used that I was going to use during the pandemic uh, to stream video games while we were all stuck at home, bored as shit out of our minds. Um, it was nice back then though. Cause like I had time to do something like that. I've always wanted to build a Twitch channel and like really take the time it, it takes to build up a Twitch channel. Yeah. I, I don't have the time in a day to like, to do that. No, Eric, we're never, we're, I doubt we'll, we'll be exclusively on Twitch. Um, well, unless we're, we're doing a subathon. Yeah. I mean, unless we're doing something specifically like to build the Twitch stream, um, Hey, Tonk. Tonk's all <laughs> over it tonight. Tonk's dominating the chat right now. Appreciate um, it, Tonk. Aaron, you get an extra $10 for the diaper fund. I'll throw in the penny. All Let's right. Let's go. <laughs> Does Aaron get um, the super sticker too? The 499 super uh, sticker? That was, that was, no, that, that was, pot, no, man. that goes to the channel. So, oh, oh. we take those are channel funds. Um, but, um, I, I just, man, like those, it takes, those people stream like eight, 10 hours a day to build up their Twitch channels. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like that's your job? You just play video games for eight, 10 hours a day. Not and a some of job. them are making, some of them are making, you know, a million dollars a month. <laughs> we eating good tonight, baby, Tonk says. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree, Tonk. And Eric wants what Tonk's drinking. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Um, what, so what, what else we got? I, well, speaking of NIL, you know, let's let's just roll that into uh, basketball talk. Do we want to timestamp that? It, it was a little short, but NIL and Twitch. I mean, NIL, like, I, 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 it, it's coming. There's nothing you can do. I, I just, 
I, I just think it is a um, I, I think there are a lot of people that are jumping into this blind right now mm-hmm. that are going to regret their position like once things the, the dust starts to settle right because right. the dust is going to settle it's not always going to be wild it's not always going to be all over the place yep. um so I, I, you know, and some of that is is out of necessity. Don't get me wrong. Cincinnati isn't slow playing this like because they that that's their plan. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're, they're slow playing this because it takes a while to organize these things. And I don't think necessarily, and I think they'd probably tell you this, they weren't overly ready, like as it went live, basically. Right. So they're still in the process of like, what is our position in this market going to be? How are we going to handle it? Um, so I, I, but I think it's it's going to work out in their favor. I think it's going to be something that long term, they'll be happy that they were kind of um, treading lightly into this this area yeah. instead of diving in head first, and then hitting your head on the bottom of the pool because it's not as deep as you thought it was. Yeah. I just, well, I just came up with that right now off the top of my head. I know we do have another NIL question in the mailbag um, and we'll get to it when we get there. Um, I'm yeah. Curious. I mean, I, I don't have a ton more like, okay. Do you have yeah. basketball stuff you want to get to? Yeah. I mean, just a little touch on. Um, All right. But let's, yeah. let's do a little, let's do a timestamp. Are you curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer? Take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer. They make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of fruit beer, real fruit, has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifact's north side tap room and mention Bearcat Journal to get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Mm. You know what I think about when I read that line? They don't make beer. They make fruit tarts. What do you think? It takes me to... um uh half baked okay and uh when they're in the they're in prison and they're in the dining hall and the 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 big wrestler dude nasty nate is like i want your cocktail fruit (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry that's where my brain goes every time i read that i think of nasty nate telling telling kenny he wants his cocktail fruit i like it i like it um so so kind of obviously wrapping up the nil i I think it's just obviously also similar similar to you know the transfer portal first off and then the the one year free transfer as well it's just like new things that are now available and accessible for you to use and I think you know as as time develops everyone will get caught up and everyone will be able to figure out how to use it to their advantage so I mean right well, off yeah, the bat people are going to find their place in the market like that's yeah. just how that's how a new market works right Exactly. But uh, kind of parlay this into obviously basketball. And um, I, I guess the, the biggest news over the last week was that uh, Trey Green puts the Bearcats in his top seven. I think it was originally supposed to be six, but uh, it's expanded to seven last second to Cincinnati. Yeah, like seventh team he added. Yeah. Cincinnati, <laughs> Nebraska, Xavier, Clemson, VCU, LSU, and Virginia Tech. Based off of Chad, I think you can guess the 17 that was added. Um, 
man, I mean, Trey Green, it's he's a he's a fascinating player to watch. Uh, kind of just a, a great scorer, great shooter. Um, undersized, sure, but if you're ranked in the top 75 at that size, you're you're pretty good at everything else. So, yeah, but there's just so many restrictions at that size. There's so many things that yeah. physically you just you can't do. Um, right. I don't know. It's it's like I said on the board. I mean, they're they're you know they're definitely uh, in and around the Trey Green recruitment, but it is pretty clear these guys are all in on Isaiah Collier. Right. And we'll see. Like I, you know, I don't think there's going to be any movement on the point guard position mm-hmm. in the recruiting world until there's a decision one way or the other. Either Isaiah Collier commits to Cincinnati or Isaiah Collier lets Cincinnati know that they are not going to be the choice. Uh, you can say what you want, but if you're going to land, if you're Cincinnati, if like if you're mm-hmm. Duke or Kentucky, you can mess around with, okay, we, we won't get the number two point guard in the class. We'll get the number three point guard in the class. Like you have that flexibility. If you are going to land a top three guy at the position you have to go all in like you have to make it abundantly clear all our chips are in on you we are recruiting you differently than we are recruiting everyone else we understand your talent level your importance what you can do for the program and if you don't do that guess what the kids pick up on that they can read that because other schools are doing that if you're not right right right. We always talk about like uh, how important it is for the head coach to run the recruitment or when you see a head coach running a recruitment, what it, what it signals to a kid because kids aren't stupid. You're dealing with, I got an 11 year old that's entirely too fucking smart for anything that she, she she should not be as smart as she is at 11 years old, 17 and 18 year olds are going to know. Oh, well they, you know, They've got this going on. They're still at all that kids games. They're still doing this, that, and the other. Um, They know how to read the situation. They know how to read. This school has the head coach calling me while this other school has an assistant calling me. They're not dumb. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I still think very much Trey green is an option, but I don't think anything happens at point guard until the Isaiah Collier situation plays out and comes to a conclusion. So for all the people wondering, like if, if green called and said he wanted to commit tomorrow, I think this staff is, is waiting for an answer on Isaiah Collier. And if the consequences are the consequences such as life. Do do you forecast any scenario where both are taken? No, it wouldn't make sense. Well, one, it w- wouldn't make sense. Two, you'd be going into the Big 12. It wouldn't make sense for the kids. Right. Why would a, a one? Why would a top 75 point guard commit to where a top 10 point guard commits to, knowing that your freshman year, you're going to sit. You're going to sit behind that kid. Two, well, I, you really want to go could come off the bench. Kid. They could, I mean, I, it just. Brent, Brent. Yeah. You really want to go into Big 12. The Big 12 with two freshman point guards. I'm. 
Not saying that they have to be the only point guards on the roster. I'm just saying, you know, it's a... How are you going to get another point guard? Recruiting is not done in in a video game. I mean, they have three right now on on the roster, technically. With David DeJulius, Mike Adams, Woods, Rob Finnessy. David DeJulius is not a point guard. Combo type. I'm I'm saying you can play both Collier and... Green is not a combo type, and neither is Collier. They're point guards. I mean, like like a John Wall, Eric Bledsoe type thing. If you're Kentucky, sure. I, I mean, John Wall similarly ranked to Collier. If you're Trey, Trey Kentucky, Green, similarly ranked. sure. Okay. Eric Bledsoe didn't come here because Cincinnati had a point guard when then Kentucky came in. Right. Like that, it's just not how it works. It's not yeah. a video game. Like it's the, it, it, in real life, these guys are smart. They know. What the path I just talked about, kids kids are more intelligent than we right. give them credit for. Yeah. They look at the situation that, that they're in. Yeah. And they're, you're not going to get Trey Green and Isaiah Collier to commit to the same school. It doesn't matter how, like, it, it's just not, it's not feasible. That's not, yeah. in recruiting, that's not how things work unless you're Duke, Kentucky, Carolina. Kansas has a hard time with it. Like Kansas's roster is usually a little thinner than the other ones because they can't get multiple five-star guys at the same position to just stack year after year, like like you see Kentucky and some of the others do. It's just it, it it's not realistic. I know it's great to talk about. It's great for mm-hmm. message boards. That's why right. I don't shut it down overly when people right. talk about it on the message board. It's good for conversation, but mm-hmm. in the real world, like in the real landscape of how things work, getting two top, getting two a four star and a five star EYBL point guard, it just isn't going to happen. It, it, it's just not right. I, it, it just it, it does seem like Trey Green loves Cincinnati, and he does. But if Isaiah Collier comes here, he loves Cincinnati a lot less. Right. No, I, I get that, but I, <laughs> I think I, I think people are just really buying into what Wes is telling them. I, you know, you read some comments that that Isaiah Collier has recently in, in some articles about how, you know, he, yeah. he knows that Cincinnati's getting better players. Better players are coming into Cincinnati and, and, you know, just kind of, you can tell that's, that's a message that Wes is telling Isaiah, like, listen, we've got talent coming in. We've got the ability to really, you know, take that next step heading into the big 12 as well. So I don't know. I just didn't know if maybe some, some, somehow some way Trey green really buys what, He's selling and, you know, becomes <laughs> a good option. But I, I yeah. would be beyond shocked. Right. Beyond shocked. Right. Yeah. But Isaiah Carter, though, that's uh, obviously recruit, recruitment you posted on the board today. You feel like they're full steam ahead, pushing as hard as as, as anyone else is. Uh, you've also I mean, they put the work into this point. You're not you're not just closing that book. No. Right. You're you're in it for the long haul, and you're in you're in good position. That you know, you you got to see that one to the to the to the finish line. I agree. I might might break your heart, but you got to see it to the finish line. And then you turn around, and you see Daniel Skillings on the roster, and Rayvon Griffith coming in afterwards. So then your heart is somewhat mended a little bit better. Maybe um, Landers Nolly here for two years. Yep. You know. The, the, Josh Reed hanging around as well, who I I, I think is one that's going to surprise people over the course of his career. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's starting to stack. Yeah. That's Believe it. in that league. It's a movement. <laughs> it's a movement. That's that's Wes's new tagline. It's a yeah. movement. I'm here for that. You like movements? I, I like. I just think it's. You like a good tagline? I think it's. I you did the movement, Chad. Do you remember that? Yeah, it did. That wasn't a movement. That was a. It didn't go well. That was someone throwing a a chair. It was a a bowel movement. The the movement didn't didn't quite go the direction as planned. Hanner Mascara Perea ended up not being a fantastic basketball player, but uh, I watched him. I watched him explode his finger off of a backboard at an AAU tournament one time. He went up to block a shot and missed and hit the backboard so hard his middle finger went like. Like it was like off to the, like yeah straight to the straight to the emergency room. Ron Patterson, I I mean shoot the the movement better in Cincinnati, not as great in Bloomington, Indiana, but uh yeah so like most things. There you go. I, and I don't know the that's Bloomington generally has, how life works. Bloomington has a lot of good things down there, but uh yeah, as far as the movement, agreed what? to disagree. It, do you disagree? I do. He didn't go to school there, man. Ooh. Accurate for good reason. <laughs> it's a phenomenal school, but different it's different right stories for different time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything more on on basketball? I, obviously, the team's set for next year. Um, we'll have more talks on that, but it's kind of far away. <laughs> just just like it, it, right? I mean, I don't. You know, the, the problem is you can only talk about the same things so much, right? Exactly. So let's uh, let's get to see, summer, get to some yeah. open gyms, get to you know Smith League, right? I don't know if they'll play in that. We'll see. I, I think they're allowed to, right? I think they Smith. Yeah, League I think they, they got something. NCAA certified. Yeah. Um, but it just it's so like you're you're doing workouts, you're working mm-hmm. out with Ray Felt, you're running open gyms. Again, like I've talked about, like when the Devereaux League was at its height, from the day that graduation hit to the start of the following school year, right. you weren't allowed to have any contact with your team. Mm-hmm. So the guys that were doing summer classes and whatever, um, they didn't have anything to do. They were just in town going to class. Right Now they're doing a lot every day. <laughs> You get like, those days. Do, yeah. do you really think like you wake up at six a.m. on a like whatever weeknight that those games play? Like six a.m. Right. on a Wednesday, you're up with Rayfeld in the right. sand, and then <laughs> you have a workout, and then you run open gym, and then at seven o'clock you're gonna want to go play in the Smith League. Sounds like a long day. <sighs> As a uh, as a fan, I sure hope so, but um, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I have no idea, Tonk. I I would assume so. I have no idea. I don't. I don't really have a lot of comment on that. If if it's true, it's fucking terrible, and he needs to pay the price for it. I, but I I have no. Until we know, like, until the court of law decides the way that this thing should go. I, I just don't really have a whole lot to, to say on it. I don't, I don't know how you could play him in TBT. I mean, 
maybe it's a court case and until it's resolved, you can. Uh, I wouldn't, but that's not my call. Um, but yeah, so, but the open gyms, is that similar to last off season, Chad, where you might be able to, to, uh, get, get some little birdies in your, yeah, I, unfortunately you see is like the only school in the country that enforces that, uh, media is not allowed to go to summer workouts, <laughs> which is a rule. Like I don't, I don't fault them for doing it. I'm just saying nobody else does it. Right. Uh, but media is not allowed at, at summer workouts. So right. I, apparently I won't be allowed at any of those again. Uh, but open gyms, if I catch wind, uh, I can, you know, maybe some birdies will you'll, you'll fly send the birds. Yeah. I'll send the birds. Send, send those birds. The, I can't do the finger whistle thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll send the birds. That's the, That was not what I was trying to do. But yeah. This, this little uh, birdie's a long way from home, so I won't be able to join you. Plus, you know, baby at the end of July. I mean, I can't just call and be like, Aaron. Yeah, it's no. it's it's noon. Open gym tonight at five. Get your ass down here. No nope. yard work and baby. Yeah. <laughs> you can just put the eleven-year-old in charge of the baby. I'm sure nothing would go wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, yeah, uh, should be an exciting time just here and kind of. Because obviously you get all these new additions and then you forget about the potential step up that players on the current roster can make as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I we all were pretty high on next season. We we mentioned that on the last BBP, but there's there's no reason to not soak in what you hear and, and go from there. Because Wes had another good article with Brian Hamilton on The Athletic where he kind of reiterated that, where he expects some big jumps and, doesn't understand why people think that you know you plateau at at a certain age in college. He thinks that every single player on the roster can make a big leap. So um, I'm excited to hear which ones are actually doing it. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it for for basketball. Um, unless you guys have anything else, we can roll on to uh, to the mailbag. No, that's the uh, Urban Artifact timestamp. Urban Artifact is the largest sour-only brewery in the United States. They pack over 700,000 pounds of real fruit into their lineup of fruit tarts every year. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Taproom. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off of life before tasters. Boom. Boom, baby. Hit him with the mailbag, Eric. Well, I can only do one thing at a time, my friend. You are ambidextrous. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, I have to type this stuff out. It doesn't type itself. Um, I think Tonk, we, we appreciate your donations, but you got a ways to go to get before it's a tonk stamp. <laughs> You're not quite there yet. I would love that. If somebody bought the naming rights, like the, like, <laughs> like the mailbag, just to like get themselves a shout out, like even for a month. That'd be hilarious. I think, I think 200, it, it's it's two hundred bucks for a month to sponsor the mailbag. If you're in a, in a business that's right inquiring, uh, but you could just donate two hundred bucks, and we'll call it whatever you want for a month. All right, <laughs> you're putting thoughts in Tonk's head. 
So I know there were a bunch of questions for Brady in the bag. Um, I apologize. We weren't able to get to those questions. Uh, Brady's time was a little limited tonight. As you heard, it was his daughter's birthday. We're lucky we got any time with him. Um, that said, here we go with what I could get to in the mailbag. Um, probability of still seeing a football transfer before higher ground over or under on how many, when does higher ground start? Probability zero. There's no probability of anything, right? Is there a possibility that happens if the right player comes up, if the right situation arises, then it's possible. Um, as we talked about, I was gonna say, there's still what, like something around five or so give or take scholarships what? left? Uh, not according to the 85. Okay. According to what they are allowed to take, there is room. Uh, but the roster is pretty uh, pretty packed to the gills when it gets to having 85 uh, scholarships. So Stupid question. Uh, uh, it, stupid it, answer. It was expanded, right, for – the COVID thing, or was it always? You could you can add a couple extra trans. You could add up to seven transfers, right? Yeah, definitely. on top of or well, you could add up to seven roster spots if mm-hmm. you lost transfers in right. the qualifying right. window. Yeah, I think they met that requirement where they are. They could take up to what 30, 33, right? I guess thirty two. I guess is the number. Um, but the eighty five is the issue. I think they're right at it or one or two above, even now as it stands. So to get back down to 85 and then even drop a couple more uh, in order to take a transfer just isn't uh, isn't overly uh, possible at, at this point in time. Um, how many? I mean, they'd be lucky at like lucky if they can get one right now because they don't have the room. When does higher ground start? Late July, early August. Um, I don't have a date yet. Okay. All right, Tonk. The the Tonk timestamps, but Urban that would have to be after Urban Artifact or the Tonk mailbag. The Tonk bag. The Tonk bag. I like it. <laughs> be something <laughs> all right if you see proposed canceling the victory bell series with miami and replacing it with a rotating cast of max schools to play each year so like akron ohio toledo etc would you be in favor of said proposal basically does the history of the rivalry that you see has owned since the bush years and closeness of oxford to clifton trump the variety of opponents you see could face instead i i think it's just keep it miami well i don't understand what the impact would be of having other schools travel here I, I i would guess you could get mac level buy games once you're in the big 12 where you just have a different mac level school rotate in to play you each year um i think you are much more likely uh asking for an upset to be sprung in that yeah. scenario because you're bringing right. in a team you're not familiar with you know they're going to look at it as this is their big shot to go in and, and knock off a team that's, you know, pretty highly regarded in the college football world right now. Um, and at this point, like, I know everybody thinks Miami, and I've called them out for it, where they just, like, decided not to play, like, five starters last year, including their quarterback, because, <laughs> you know, 
Lame. They didn't. They didn't really care about winning the game. Um, perfect. Take the win and move on. That's a team yeah. that that under Chuck Martin looks like they're going to, in general, be above five hundred in the MAC. Right. Be in line for a bowl game. They're not going to absolutely destroy your strength of schedule. Just keep beating the shit out of Miami. That's kind of where I'm at. Hopefully, you can rotate some guys in to avoid injuries as well. Uh, what are your opinions on the possible change to unlimited recruiting class sizes and just having to stay at 85 man limit? Just an FYI on why I'm asking comes from Chris Vanini in a tweet that says the NCAA yeah, football. That's what we were just touching on. Kind of what we were just touching on. Um, I mean, I don't mind it with the transfer portal again, like the NCAA has to be fluid in this window because you're dealing with so many new things all at once. The portal, NIL, you know, COVID years, COVID years, potential playoff expansion on the horizon, realignment, you know, happening again and, and readjusting a lot of schools position in the pecking order of college football. Um, so I think you have to stay if you're the NCAA, if you're the schools, the member schools. You have to stay on your toes and be aware that the landscape is shifting and you have to adjust and adapt with the landscape. The reason that the 25 was there is because there were schools that outside, like even knowing the 85-man limit was there, they were signing 35 high school prospects and then just letting attrition who didn't make grades, who didn't, who, who turned out to be a shithead, like letting that handle getting the roster back down to 85. And there was a lot of carnage left on the side of the sport. And there were a lot of guys that could have gone to a place like Cincinnati over the past five years. Right. And turned into NFL draft picks that were kind of, left on the fringe of the sport, had to go Juco, had to do a prep year that they didn't necessarily need or want to do. Well, Chad, um, we so talked about it. the 25 came from. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, too, how many guys are being left in the transfer portal with nowhere oh, yeah. to go or yeah. having to go D2 or something along that line or D3 um, because there's just no room at the end. Same with well, incoming that, freshmen, too. That Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of high school kids that have been left behind because of the hard and fast, like, so the other thing was transfers didn't used to count into the 25 up until a couple years ago. So you could get 25 high school kids and then however many transfers you want, as long as you were inside the 85 limit. And then they changed to add transfers in. So now if you're a school like Cincinnati, that's added three, four, five transfers, you know, in that range, Every year, now your recruiting number drops from 25 down to 20. Then you factor in the impact on the 85. And now you're down to 18 or 17 because you don't have enough spots on the 85, man. Like it, the, the math, and that's why everybody always asks me about the math. And I'm just like, I'm not answering the math because the math always changes. It's not a static equation that you can answer. Every time somebody leaves, the equation changes. Every time somebody comes in, the equation changes. So um, I, I like it. 
I, I think, you know, you should be able to fill out that 85-man limit however you feel necessary. But with that said, you also have to be careful because with every decision, there are unintended consequences, especially in a, in a world of unregulated, essentially unregulated sports because uh, there's no collective bargaining. Just make sure you do it right. All right. Uh, do Collier, and that was the football portion, moving on to the basketball. Do Collier's official visits to USC UCLA this weekend count against his junior season or senior season official visit limit? August 1st is the, uh, the, the cut line there. So these are still his junior season official visits until August 1st. He has taken a junior season official visit already to Cincinnati. So he can't take another official visit to Cincinnati until after August 1st. A lot of familiar faces out there at those two schools. Yeah, lots of them. He's got a brother that lives in Los Angeles. So that's why those two schools are hanging around. Doesn't like, is his mom from there or something? I, I saw some. No, it's I, I, from what I know, it's his brother that lives out there. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, what do you think the staff's expectations are for Odie next season? I personally felt he was going to be a starter for us going into last season. Uh, I mean, I, we'll see, you know, he's got, CBD. he's got, yeah. I mean, he's got improvement to make, like he's got some things he needs to work on. Um, I think that'll be something that the summer will tell us more about. I just don't, I think the question for Odie right now, and it's going to be interesting, a full offseason with, with Rayfelt. I don't think he has the overall core strength. He has the energy. He has the effort. Like, he has all of the intangibles you want. But I don't know that overall he's just a guy that has, like, the, the, the consistent body weight to physically – withstand the pounding and you know activity around the rim and he doesn't have enough of a perimeter game to be exclusively or more exclusively a perimeter guy so it's going to be important for him this offseason to get with Rayfeld and uh and and get that core uh a little bit more jacked up if you will Aaron what are you what are your thoughts on Odie I mean he showed some flashes last season of being he's got a nice little hook of potential floor well. Um, I, I don't know that if Vic's healthy, that he can beat Vic out for a starting job, much less, um, a, you know, the uh, Vic guy. I didn't want to call him Caillou, but um, <laughs> uh, if, if, he, if he can beat out Kalu or not. Um, so <laughs> I think it should be, it should be interesting to see what, what he's able to do. I think, you know, it kind of, that same mantra that football keeps talking about, iron sharpens iron. The more guys you bring in to compete, the more you're going to elevate the level of everybody around you. Right. So I think it's certainly a position to keep an eye on because it's kind of a question mark right now. Who's going to be the starter? Nobody really knows. And who's going to be the first one off the bench? To well, take that and here's what's, here's what's really interesting in that front. Odie hypothetically has a COVID year after this year. So if he really emerges – and becomes, you know, a guy that you can rely on, then things look even better for 2023 going into the Big 12. Sure. If, he, if he doesn't, 
then he's got a tough decision to make. Does he, you know, stick it out and try to make that jump in his in his fifth season, or does he try to finish out somewhere else, or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be? There's just a lot of a lot of different scenarios on the table for where he lands in this development process for next year. Yeah, well, um, I was going to say for the season after you're talking about that season. At that point, you could potentially be going in with Odie, Vic, and Sage, and who right. knows what that looks like, but it, it's and a one, freshman. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out because it, it seemed as if you know, going out and getting Kalu, it was more of a, uh, you know, he's got a mid range jumper, has the ability to kind of space the floor a little bit. I think with with Odie, we saw him like try and stretch the floor a little bit himself. He was shooting some threes randomly. Um, yeah. at the top of the key, I don't know if that's like, yeah. right. No, 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 I'm not saying that he's going to turn into some you know threat from deep, but it, it seems as if he was trying to figure out his, his role on the court other than just being that energizer guy and, and bringing the effort on both ends. I, I mean, I don't know, I think he's uh, I think it'd be interesting to see, like you said, the next steps that he takes because I, I think he's got a lot of things there. I, I mean, they try to run some law plays for him as well. You know, it just seems like he's trying to figure out his role aside from just being that that heavy energy off the bench. I mean, his, his block percentage isn't, you know, high by any means, so he's not going to really be a rim protector unless he, you know, really improves that side of his game. So um, I'm I, he's one of the guys I'm really interested to see with, with an offseason work with his coaching staff and, you know, with Mike, what he does to his game to kind of – yeah separate himself a little bit more because it seems as if, you know, we've mentioned it all. Like everyone just had like a good role. His role was just that high energy, you know, off the bench and and, and can, can bring it as a big man. So does he develop into, you know, some good shot blocking trace or does he get a consistent mid range jumper that at least can somewhat space the floor, you know, is he can just going to continue to be that high energy guy. So I'm really interested to see what his next step is. Yeah, for sure. I think we pretty much got the answer for this one, but it was one I had picked out. Uh, what kind of opportunities might there be to see or hear about the 2022-2023 roster guys this summer? Smith League open gym runs. I don't know if there's any more to touch on this one. I mean, we've yeah, we've kind of hit on that. I, I mean, maybe they'll play in the Smith League. I think they're at least allowed this year. I just don't know, like, who plans to. Um Open I'm gym. sure they'll make it out to like one or two games. You know what I mean? Well, no, you. I mean, you don't want to do that to somebody's roster, though. Yeah, like, true, true. Yeah, they're, it's not like Devers. I feel like they were kind of. No, I mean guys were pretty. Well, I, I'm sure there would be a. Well, you're only allowed the by NCAA rules. You're only allowed two players from one team. Right. So slats would always, and then the incoming guys. Uh, were treated separately, I guess, because at that point in time, they weren't officially like it is now. Like, once they get here, they're on the roster and starting practicing and being coached and all that stuff. All right. So uh, we'll have our birdies at Open Gym as much as humanly possible. I I need the birdies to tell me all about Daniel Skillings. Need it. I mean, I've seen him like eight times. I can tell you plenty about Daniel Skillings. I know, but I don't want to see him in a Bearcat jersey. Okay. <laughs> After recent news of Emmert stepping down in the NCAA wanting to get control of the crazy NIL era, what's the chance they can rein this back in and get control back? 
Well, I think that's – I think the wording there is uh, the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Rain it back in. They're not raining it back in. Like, but you have to find a middle ground for what's going to work, right? Like, they're not getting control back. They lost the Supreme Court decision on this case 9-0. There is nothing that's going to happen that's going to be challenged in court and the NCAA is going to come out looking good in this. Like, the, the U.S. government has made it very clear these kids are entitled to and open to making their money and you cannot uh basically keep them from that if the free market you know wants to pay them so uh, the ncaa is trying to like well the fact in. the fact that they're trying to call a collective a what it, what, it, what was the word the, uh, the the relating collectives to boosters now well who's running the collectives alumni boosters Boosters. Yeah. That's why they're relating it to that. But I don't think there's anything they can really do to control it. Like they can say, we don't want these things to, to spill over into enticing kids to commit to your school. But there's no way practically that they can enforce that. I think it's people getting uncomfortable about the amount of money that these kids are making. Plain and simple. Sure. And the, just because it's in some cases obscene amounts of money, but if some jackass wants to give somebody seven figure deal to come to a school, it was going to happen anyway, right? Guess what? You are worth what someone pays you. It was going to happen anyway, so why not collect the taxes on it? Why not keep it above board, like where you can see it? I just I think people are looking at the wrong things and getting bent out of shape because they're like, oh, what's a kid do? This should be school's enough. That should be enough. The school should be the, the ticket. Like, like, no, these kids aren't making shit while right. raising billions in some cases for some schools of dollars. Right. I, I just think it's absurd. And again, if some asshole wants to pay a kid millions of dollars to go to their school, they were going to do it anyway. This just makes it uh, significantly easier. Yeah, let's just say that. Save some McDonald's bags. <laughs> All right, um, Brent, you're up. One sec, I'll be right back. Well, this is the part of the show that Chad generally doesn't love, anyway. As, as we get into who's going to be a character in what show. Well, I'm sure Chad has actually seen this show. So I think he has. Um, so um, we can we can kind of filibuster with with our picks and then mm-hmm. see if Chad. What do you think I was doing? Agrees, <laughs> comes back and agrees. There we go. All right. So rebooting. Uh, this is the the Banks portion of the mailbag, by the way. Uh, rebooting Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and no one is Will Smith. Who plays what character, and why is Brent playing Carlton? P.S. I think I am Jazzy Jeff since Chad is always wanting to throw me out the front door. Uh, that's something that you and I have in common, Skins. I think Chad is also always wanting to throw me out the front door. So I feel like that could be interchangeable. Much like, uh, um, what was the mom's name? Uh, Aunt Vivian was also interchangeable, Vivian. apparently, in, in that series. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I would say. So, so who do you have playing who? I, I think I would be Jazzy Jeff, actually. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, if no one's Will Smith, I don't know how no one would be Will Smith. I, I was kind of feeling I'm Will Smith, but uh, let's see. Uh, here. No. Yeah, 100%. No. You, you underestimate how smooth I actually am, Aaron. Believe I mean, me. Skins thinks you're Carlton here. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take both. I'm a mix of both. What is Chad, Uncle Jesse, or not Uncle Jesse? Uncle, oh, you went full house on him, Uncle Phil. I, I mean, so I would have to be Uncle Phil, right? Because it wasn't Will that threw people out the front door. It, it was, was Uncle, Uncle Phil, Phil that yeah. threw people out the front door. Mm-hmm. Right. On on Will Smith, you couldn't be Will Smith, Brent. Will Smith's entire story is he came yeah. from the wrong side of the tracks. True, true. Right? And you came from the right side of the tracks. Like <laughs> gallivanting off to other countries across the pond for wedding yeah, season. You were born on second base and thought you hit a triple. <laughs> Good job, Mr. Harbaugh. I thought you hated Harbaugh. <laughs> I hate Harbaugh. That's not a Harbaugh quote. That's a, a quote that Harbaugh used, but that's right. not a Harbaugh quote. Right. Um I I would I would probably go. Yeah, Aaron's probably got to be Jazzy Jeff. You've got to be Carlton. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, Dave could be Will Smith, right? <laughs> I don't. I thought he came on the right side of the tracks too. Uh yeah, to an extent. I mean, he grew up. You know, I think I think Dave is Springboro. I think Dave is the younger sister, who's like smart and quirky and like Ashley. Yeah, um, the, okay. the one who's just okay. got a retort. She's got a retort for everything. That like, yeah, that would be Dave. That would be Dave. You're right. Who's, You're right. Who's Jeffrey? Ooh. Um, I I I think that that I I have that being uh... actually you might probably be more Jeffrey, Aaron. Like yeah. I'm like, hey, you want to do this? Hey, we need this. Hey, let's do that. Hey, like whenever I need shit done, like. I kind of call you. They didn't. They didn't do ja- that. Wasn't Jazzy Jeff's role, right? No, in the in the production, coming over and, with the shades on, and not like the, you know, didn't really have like the lead role, but tied everyone together, and and was in most, you're, most yeah, important you're, parts of. The, you're in of all it. the shows. Like you're in all the productions now. You've you've weaseled your way into the fabric of Bearcat Journal. <laughs> You serve you up might a be, mean If dish. I'm Uncle Phil, you might be Aunt Viv. Oh no! Oh wow! <laughs> don't 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 let me know what happens when the cameras turn off, guys. Aunt, is, is, Aunt Viv is, one or two? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, they hate the first one, right? Like nobody likes her. Is that isn't that how it goes? They like the second one. They hate the first one. Something like that. I don't. Who's Berg? Is Berg the older sister? I was gonna say Berg would be Jeffrey. Yeah, but I don't ever want to toss Berg out the front door. Now Berg and I kind of like might not, have the hand. Not Jazzy Jeff. The, like, the, the not not Jazzy Jeffrey. Jeff. Okay, Jeffrey. But did Jeffrey ever just like leave for like? He did leave in one episode and he came back. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's uh, Will's dad. Ooh. That's hardcore. One of the most emotional episodes in television history. Real, that scene. Oh, and now everyone uses it when people leave their team and they're just standing there and they're just like, 
you know, looking at Brett's uh, Tom I says cry. Brett Stein is is Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. At least Chad saw this show. Good job, Skins. You win. Well, I mean, who hasn't seen the Fresh Prince? Oh, like Fresh Prince. Of, when he, that was on like Nick at Night, like there's, it's just perfect. Like he, he, he also started his question off with Skin slides two dollars and seventy eight cents over to Aaron for the baby. Definitely not a bribe to get my question asked. Well, yeah, okay. Well, you can actually do that now <laughs> during the show with the donate button. Maybe we'll make it like Banks questions. You got to be here live and donate to get your Banks questions asked. Skins. And the last question, uh, how can the Bengals and Bearcats in football and basketball not have COVID issues, but the Reds constantly have guys on the COVID list, Senzel twice, Moustakis, Votto, etc.? Above my pay grade. I, I think it's because the Reds players on that team in particular just simply don't want to play. Find they're me like, out. You have COVID? Like, Come here. Because <laughs> well, oh, didn't the MLB I up, like – I woke up not feeling too great. There's like no there, – there's no mandatory COVID tests in the MLB. No, it's, but like if you like, so like what's happening symptoms. now is yeah. if yeah, if guys are waking up with symptoms, they just throw them on the COVID list for a couple of days until they feel better. It's like Zoolander. I caught or, the black lung pop. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or or if it's Joey Votto, throw him on there for a couple of weeks. We'll we'll see. Jeez. Try to try to get him right. Try to try to get him back on track. That's the mailbag. So uh yeah, we're we're doing way better not going two and a half to three hours deep on this this podcast tonk uh tonk did pay good money so and, and he has that one question in there do we kind of already cover that yeah i mean we talked a bunch about nil tonk right after uh brady left um i did kind of got it. to that it yeah, was the 58 58 to 110 portion yeah. of this podcast um that, I mean, and we've hit on it a little bit in the mailbag too. I mean, it's it's going to be something we're going to continue to talk about all summer because it's going to be something that obviously the NCAA is trying to to uh, regulate and get control of, and it, it is also something that uh, the schools are positioning. That's all this is. Like, it's a race to position yourself uh, and and state where you stand in this new college sports era um it's 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 going to be fascinating as things unfold fascinating is definitely a word to use all right i think we're good good. that's good any anything in closing guys i think uh pretty well wrapped it up um, I did want to say, if you guys haven't seen what the video team is doing right now for the kids who are coming on official visits for football recruiting, yeah, just they're crushing they, it. they keep hitting it out of the park every single time. Right? It's bananas. I did, uh, I did retweet one out um, mm-hmm. for Evan Tangestall, but uh, just kudos to the the video team, just killing it. And yeah, now the NCAA has kind of loosened that. Like now they can produce right. videos for the kids. And and uh, you want to talk about positioning yourselves? Looking like a star on social media is something that is very important to kids. And you get those videos to put out that are professionally produced and look big time. And then the kids feel big time. And everybody reacts to it. And uh, it does nothing but help how your program is perceived in the recruiting landscape. 
Yeah, and and then you also think about how you know with with all these added things at their disposal, what they're going to do when the kids are actually on campus for the official visits, which is going to be yeah. fascinating to hear about. Um, they're just they're actually just going to rent out like during a game the Red Stadium, like they like when they used to do those December right. visits. Remember, <laughs> they'd rent out that area, the Diamond yep. Club area. Yep. Um, but now it's during the season that they do these things in June. Uh, so they're just actually going to rent out the whole stadium. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to cost like $27. And if you want to pitch, like they'll put them in in the seventh. <laughs> Position player comes in to pitch. He's a freshman. 2020, 2023, four-star quarterback. <laughs> uh, one final timestamp. Um, let's see. Here's an alley-oop. Urban Artifact uses more real fruit than any other brewery in the country. Swing by Urban Artifacts, Northside Taproom. Mention Bearcat Jared. I'll get $2 off a flight of four tasters. What's oh. your final Urban Artifact timestamp? I feel like that's one of your oh, favorite my. ones to read. It is. Easy in, easy out. Easy in, easy in, easy out. That's what All she right, said. Hello. That's how. That's never mind. The nightcap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to cover up immediately. He's just trying to get out of here. Yep. He, pa- he panicked. He panicked. Oh, hey. I totally hey, did. You're good. You're good. Special thanks to uh, Brady Collins, as always. Absolute goat. Special thanks to Danco Transmission, Urban Artifact, uh, Tonk for helping Aaron out with the diapers. Appreciate you, Tonk. Uh, aside from that, special thanks, of course, to uh, to everyone who listened. Uh, for my good pals, good buddies, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Guys, I am Brent Young. This was the BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!